0: Hi, and welcome to the Lighthouse Church Podcast, where we're diving deeper into God's Word and doing our best to help encourage you in your walk with God. Thanks for joining us. Today, I'm excited about this word because, uh, give me that whale. Anybody want the whale? You don't even know what it is, do you? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to answer until I know what it is. Would you rather have this, or would you rather have a whale? Somebody help me out. Right? Come on. Rather have uh, what you can hold in your hand or rather have something that you can't hold at all and uh, something that you can't uh, stop the flow of and you know so today is going to talk about that give me that well and um, uh, we're going to be in a few different places in Scripture, so if, you're, if you've got your Bibles, you be prepared. If you're taking notes, be prepared. We have it for you up here as well, but uh, it's always good to have your own thing. I got the stool not because I'm tired of standing, but because this is my whale today. All right? Is that okay? Does everybody pretend with me for just a little while? This is my whale, okay? It's a lot bigger than the cup, and I couldn't really actually build or drag in a big one. Uh, so this is going to have to serve the purpose today as the whale. So let's open, this, if we can, to Psalms uh, chapter one, or 116. And uh, we're going to look in that for just a few minutes. That's something interesting that it talks about. And uh, something that I've noticed, um, some discrepancies here between the Old and New Testament on how it refers to salvation. Uh, in verse 12, and verse 13 of Psalm 116, verse 12, it says, What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the... Somebody? The cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. So here we are. Fast forward into the New Testament in John chapter 4. And y'all know the story about this woman, right? This woman at this well that Jesus ran into. I refer to it a lot because it's one of my favorite, favorite stories in the New Testament, in the Gospels especially, is this woman that had just had her mind blown and her heart touched like never before. And Jesus said this to her in verses 13 and 14. He says, uh, whoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. Talking about the well she was uh, standing there or the bucket that she was getting ready to draw from that well. But he said, whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. See, in the Old Testament, the law, salvation was served up by the cupful because it was always just as good as the last thing that you did because it was by the law. And then fast forward into the New Testament, and Jesus served up salvation by the wellful because grace come in to play rather than the law. See, there should be, if nothing else today, if you don't get this, and understand this, if you were living before the times of Jesus, birth, death, and resurrection, your salvation depended upon uh, priests to sacrifice and to do those things for you. And it didn't last forever because it didn't take forever. It would, it, would, it would stay, you know, sometimes it would be gone because you'd have to go back and do it again. Does everybody get me? It was by the cupful. Salvation was by the cupful. But come into Jesus, and Jesus served it up so big. That we can't contain it in a cup. Understand? So this morning, I'm just wondering if anybody would want to say, Give me that well. Give me that well. See, one day a year, the high priest would roll in and and they wouldn't wipe, he, he would kind of wipe away the sins, I guess, if you want to call it that. Just roll them over to the next year, basically, was what he was doing. And you could drink that cup and it was just enough to cover you from judgment over that period of time. And so salvation by the cupful is the Old Testament language. But in the New Testament, he promised a well of living water. A well of living water. So I think that's the point today Is as we start right off the bat. Don't go around all the time with a cup hunting for a spigot when you are sitting on the greatest source that you've ever known in your life. And that's the well, right? So... I could carry this around so I, I can, I can, I mean, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? When you're sit, If you saw somebody out and they were sitting on a well full of water and they had a cup and you said, what you doing? So, I'm just looking for somewhere I can get some water. Have you seen anywhere? Have you seen any place that I can get some water? Well, you're sitting, I don't, and they don't hear you. You know I, I really want something to fill I'm thirsty. It's empty. I'm thirsty. And the whole time we're sitting on the absolute source of what it is that we need. And so it's, I love the story of the woman at the well because I've said it before that my favorite part is when she left her bucket and she walked away because for the first time in her life she actually drank from the well rather than the bucket or the cup. She was drinking permanently from a source that would not run out, whereas compared to before she was getting something else. And so let me illustrate this out for you just a little bit better because, you know, sometimes not realizing the full potential of my salvation in Christ is like sitting on top of that well that I was just doing. And so holding a cup, looking for a water source to quench my thirst, a spigot for somebody to come by and just put some in there. I'm reminded of the old beer commercial okay? because we, used to, we grew up on beer commercials at my house. And that's okay, okay, because Jesus intervened. And so it was uh, slits malt liquor. <laughs> I don't. That's hard to say without getting it the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? And so there was a guy crawling through the desert, and he was thirsty. And this guy comes along. And he said, he says, he says, he says, he says, you got any slits malt liquor? I think it's what it was. And he said, no. He said, but I got some good cold water. And the guy just kept on crawling. Because the cold water just wasn't going to, I mean, come on. you got to admit that's pretty good marketing right there because it's better than water. But we know for sure that it's not better than water, right? But it still reminds me of that because I run into people that are coming along and they're crawling through the desert and they're looking for something to quench their thirst. And you're like, here's, I've got a whale. And they're like, no, I don't want that. I'm going to keep on crawling. And I've got news for you. You're just going to keep right on crawling and you're going to keep on looking and you might get a little puddle here and there, but it ain't going to quench what you're looking for it to quench because it's just a cup full of what the world can give you. And Basically, it makes you even thirstier than what it was before you even started. You know, so, so, but listen, do you know that you can leave your cup of water, or whatever it is that you're holding this morning, you can leave it here this morning. Honestly, you could take the cup that I can't see in your hand today, and you could leave it right in your seat, and you can walk out those doors today and say, never again will I be trying to provide for myself from this world or from people, from things in this world that I am never going to be fulfilled by. Never. I can keep on fussing about my situation. I can keep complaining about it. I can get, but, or I can just leave that cup right here today, walk out, and be a totally new person. Totally new. Totally new. Walking in the well, because I got the well today. The Old Testament cup of salvation was drudgery. Drudgery. Because it speaks of drawing and working and laboring trying to somehow get just enough to quench the tremendous thirst that I had, but it was never enough. You understand what that was like? We don't see, I think honestly it would be good if when we come to know Christ, if Christ would kind of take us back for a day of what it was like to live under the law. And what it was like to always be thirsty for more, but you couldn't because God only spoke to certain people or he spoke through the prophets or whatever. But now you understand that you and I have access to the well, the well that never runs dry, the one who speaks to everybody in here, regardless of color, regardless of financial status, regardless of your social status, regardless of your employment, regardless of your bank account, regardless of your children, regardless of what you've done, God is able and willing to speak. Jim and I sat down just a few weeks ago and we we recorded this podcast that we put on there and we talked about, does God still speak? And I told him, I said, what started it for me was listening to this board, this group of pastors that were like, you know, hey, does God still speak? And they were like, well, if somebody walks up to you and says that God has spoken to them, you know that they're crazy. And I'm like, no, you're crazy. Because I would never put myself in a position where I could tell God what he can and can't do ever if it lines up with his word then I believe it and God spoke and God still speaks to his people in various ways however he wants to through somebody through a dream through circumstances through situations through events God still speaks and God still mightily speaks through that word that we call the Bible you know so you know but listen John four fourteen says this. It's, I want to read this again to you just to emphasize. Whosoever drinketh of the water should I give him shall never thirst. Did you hear that? Never, ever thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, I want you to notice something right quick. This is, it took me years to figure this out because I'm slow. Anybody slow in here like that? My granddad used to say, I'm writing this slow because I know you can't read very fast. Some of y'all, it's going to take y'all lunchtime. You're going to get that because you're, you're, you're the one he was writing that letter to. So anyway, and he used to tell us that and it took us 20 years to figure it out what he was saying. But listen to what it says here. Shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Where is it? It's in you. It's in you. The well is inside each believer. See, I had no idea when I come to know Jesus that there was a well implanted inside of me. No idea. If I'd known, I don't know what I'd have done. But what I think, I look back at it and I realized that it was true because without even knowing who Jesus was, without knowing one scripture, without knowing, having anything memorized, the first thing I did when I come to know Jesus is I began to go tell people and you know what that is? That's the well of life springing up inside of me because I can't keep it down. It's everlasting water. And so over the years, one of the things that I found out is sometimes I can get burdened down. Sometimes I can get in myself into messes where the well doesn't seem to be quite as lively as it was back in the day when I first came to know Jesus. And it's weird because I know more about Him. I know more about His Word than I ever have. But still yet, there's times when I'm not quite as happy to share Him That's what I was when I first came to know him. I'm just being honest. I said, okay. (laughs) And so I was going, I stayed up that night uh, when my mom finally got home and she said, what you doing up? And I said, I just had to tell you something. She said, what? I said, I met Jesus tonight. And she said, hmm. And she went and got in bed. And I said, hmm. I was kind of expecting a little bit more emotion, maybe something, but nothing. I called my brother up, said, hey, I met Jesus tonight. He started crying. I was like, what the heck? Is anybody going to be happy about this? The next person I saw was my buddy. His name's Tate, and his mom, sweetest lady you ever meet in your life. She's commenting on my Facebook stuff all the time. She always comments how sweet, sweet, sweet. It's sweet, sweet this, sweet that, sweet that. She is a really sweet lady. Well, I said, I got saved last night. She said, oh. And she started crying. I said, God, (laughs) what am I supposed to do here? I'm like, "Uh." and so I would tell people at school, and they're like, what's that? I said, I don't really know. I I met Jesus. How'd you meet Jesus? I was in church. Would Jesus show up? Well, yeah. Where was he? I said, I didn't see. I just, he showed up. I was sitting on the second pew back. It was next to the wall. Everybody was out here in front of me. The pew in front of me was empty. Next thing I know, he showed up. I was like, they said, what'd you do? I said, I jumped over the pew in front of me and went to the altar. They said, what'd you do at the altar? I said, I cried. So where did Jesus come in? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. But all I can tell you is this. There's something in me different. And you know what it was? It was, was a 16-year-old trying to process the way that had been put inside of him all of a sudden. And I said, man, oh man, this is crazy. And I look back at it and I said, wow, because in me was this, this water springing up into everlasting life. And when you have that, you don't sit on it. When you have that, you automatically share it with people. You're like, let me share with you the life that I have inside of me. And then all of a sudden, I began to meet these people who were uh, uh, not like I was, who was like, they were in church and they were reading the same Bible and they looked like me but they didn't talk like what I talk like they didn't sound like they had a well matter of fact they sounded like they had hell and so they said if you don't come to my church you are lost if you don't come to my church then you ain't going to if you don't do it this way if you don't wear this if you quit if you don't and I said, oh my gosh. I thought I had something really good. But, but if that's what I'm going to grow up into, I don't know. And so you know what I did? I backed off. I said, I don't know if I want anything to do with this. Because for the first time in my life, because nobody had ever shared Jesus with me. For the first time in my life, people were beginning to share Jesus with me. And it didn't look like the Jesus that I thought that I had met. And now here I am, 47 years old, and I realize it wasn't. Because just because you're in church, just because you're a pastor, just because you got the suit and tie on, just because you have your hair just right, just because you don't listen to this stuff, just because you wear certain clothes does not mean that you know Jesus. Because the Jesus that I know is a well springing up with life. And that doesn't stop anywhere. It is every single place that you go. I go in the grocery store, and I'm like, oops, sorry, there was a little water there that came out of my well. But since it did, let me share a little bit of life with you. Oh, I'm sorry. My gosh, I put my cup away because I'm oops, so, oh, oh, let me see if I can mop that up right there right quick, because I'd hate for you to step in that life. Right? And so, that's crazy stuff, but where's the well inside of me. See, I searched high, and I searched low after I come to know Jesus. Before I come to know Jesus, I didn't search for anything, the best I can remember. But after I come to know Jesus, I searched high, because I was looking for what I had got that first night. It was like, wow. And all of a sudden, it was getting pounded down, and pounded down, and pounded down. And I searched low, and I found all kinds of things there but none of them was what I thought it was gonna be because I was looking for something to fill a cup, not realizing that I had a well. I searched in relationships, I searched in jobs, I searched in titles because I thought that if I can have this title, then I will be okay, that I would have life and have it more abundantly. I searched in money, I searched in work because I really enjoy doing those things and still am tempted to do those things. But then one day I realized that all this time that I've been searching, I've been sitting on the very thing that I was looking for. And I said, what an idiot. Y'all ever done that? And of course, then the devil says, it's right, you are an idiot. God does nothing but create idiots. You're sitting on that well this whole time. I mean, think about how stupid you are. And think about the God that would let you just sit on a well and not tell you to look around. He was telling me. It's just I wasn't listening because I was looking in all the wrong places and when I'm looking somewhere, I'm listening where I'm looking because I'm a man and that's how we do it. But women, y'all hear things and you don't have to be looking at all. Matter of fact, there's times when y'all hear things that we're not saying. (laughs) At least these guys didn't think that we said them. But if we tell you we didn't, then we're going to lose that argument every time because we can't remember. That's another part of being a man. I'm pretty sure I didn't say that. If I can be arguing with a man, I'm like, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. I didn't say that. Yes, you did. When? you remember on that day we were out there eating chips and salsa and you were wearing that pink shirt and you were, you were talking to, 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 some, to Rhett there a little bit before that and, you know, and everything else? And I'm like, no. She said, I remember. I'm like, okay, I guess I did. But I don't remember that. But see, listen, how many of y'all have searched? I've searched in drugs. I've searched in relationship I've searched in marriages I've searched in all these things and I come up short every single time and what I didn't realize at the time was what my marriage needed what I needed was to find Jesus and the Jesus that I thought I already had but I didn't realize that he was a well springing up into everlasting life inside of me because I was looking everywhere else except for there and so why carry that old cup around when I have a well of living water inside of me waiting to be opened and released into my life and you know what, I promise you that if you release that into your life you're not going to know what to do with it and people aren't going to know what to do with it either they're not going to know what to do with it listen, I come under criticism just about every week for th- something that I put on social media and you know what, I was just telling Ben we're, we're six, days, six days apart, seven days apart in, in, in age I mean, we're, cl- we're kindred except he's He's like bad mamma jamma, and I'm not, but nonetheless, I'm better looking than he is. So, you know, it's one thing or the other. I mean, you, know, you can't have it all. So uh, we're talking about it, and, and I'm thinking, and I'm at the point, you get to this point in your life, you're like, I don't really care. Because you know what? I'm not going to plug up the fountain of life inside of me because you told me that it wasn't right. I'm not going to put the plug on something inside of me that's going to help change other people's life because you said I shouldn't. Because I've done that all my life, and I'm, I'm done doing that. How many of y'all could go back to your 20-some-year-old self and go, <clears throat> yes. what the heck? It's not the mistakes that I made that I was concerned about. The more things that I think that I'm concerned about in anything is when I did things like because somebody said I should have, and somebody told me I shouldn't have, and everything else, and I think that's so stupid. But listen to this piece of Scripture from the Old Testament. Genesis twenty six, real quick. It says, "Now Isaac sowed seeds, uh, seed in the land, <laughs> and that very year he reaped a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him, and he became richer and richer until he was exceedingly wealthy. He owned so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. Y'all remember who they were, right? Big giants, right? Philistines. And so the Philistines took dirt and they stopped up all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of his father Abraham." Did you hear me? The Philistines, the enemy, big boys, bad boys. They knew that they couldn't do anything else, so they went and stopped up his wells, which was a big thing. And then Abimelech said to Isaac, he said, Depart from us, for you are much too powerful for us. So Isaac left the place and camped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave these wells the same names his father had given them. Listen to me, so important you hear me this morning, life happens. We make choices and we make decisions and sometimes the result of those choices and decisions is that they clog up the well. And those decisions that we make are our giants called the Philistines. And they clog up the well. It doesn't mean the well's not there. It doesn't mean the water source isn't there. It just means that it's clogged up. And we're praying that God would deliver us. We're praying that God would free up the well. And God's saying, you're going to have to unclutter the well that you have cluttered. But the good news is I've given you an out. And his name is Jesus. And you know, I'm not going to take the blame for it in my house. In the shower that I use, about once every other week, it gets clogged up with hair. I know, without a shadow of a doubt, it is not me. I know it, okay? If if you don't believe me, just look, okay? And when it stops up, the water backs up in the tub. When somebody takes a shower, they're taking a shower in ankle-deep water instead of it going out, right? And it's dirty water. And then, they come, and then what do they do? They come to me and they say, hey, bathtub's not draining. Okay, I know what that is. It's a bunch of hair. But listen to me. When things get clogged up in your life, nothing runs the way that it should. And the junk that you thought that was nothing will end up backing up on you. And the next thing you know, you're knee deep in the junk of your life. And what you got to do is you got to go get the little plastic thing that you stick down in there that comes in the kits. It's got little teeth on it, whatever you call that thing. And you jam it down in there. Mine's green. It's lime green. And you put it down in there and you jerk it out and then you put it back down in there and you fuss while you're doing it because you ain't got no hair. And you're like, Ugh, <laughs> Ugh, uh, uh. And then you get all this hair out. It looks like a hairball out of a kitten's mouth. And then you put it in the trash and then all of a sudden the water drains well again. You see, but what I had to do, I had to go in there. And see, I'm Jesus in my house because I unclogged the drain that somebody else clogged come on. You can't unclog a drain that's too complicated to unclog, so you call on somebody that that is a professional in unclogging the things in our life that we've caused. So we call on our neighbor, we call on our wife, we call on a a relationship, we call on drugs, we call on because our our drain's clogged, and we think if we can just get it unclogged, we're going to call everybody else. Meantime, I'm sitting on the very thing That is the answer to everything that I'm looking for. And I'm not talking to somebody that's not a Christian in here. I'm talking to all of us that are. I'm sitting on the source while I'm running around trying to get my cup full with something else. And in the story, we read how the Isaac, first thing he did was unclog everything. See, here's my cup, Lord. But why settle for a cup when you can have a well? You know, I don't think I'll ever say it again. And I swear, if we have a worship song again that says something about filling my cup, I'm going to be sitting there going, "I, I don't." <laughs> so pick those wisely. <laughs> right. So if you hear anyone going around, say, I ain't filling my cup. I got a well, honey. I ain't going to have no. I ain't fooling with no cup. I want. I want me a well because I ain't. I ain't fooling with this stuff. We ain't going for the little stuff. So why don't you exchange and throw your cup down like the woman at the well did? She left her pots at the well. A natural well. She threw her pots down, took the well home with her, which was Jesus. And you know the first thing that we read about when that old woman went back to where she came from? She started telling people about the man she met. What is that? It's the well inside of me springing up. I can't even help it. She didn't know. She didn't go to them and say, John 3 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. Come meet a man that changed my life. They, I'm sure they went, Hey, oh, what? You met a man? Well, that ain't going to be the first time you met a man. As we know you. You done, you know, you know everything, right? I'm sure there was that coming from those guys. But they seen there was something different because she was speaking from the well rather than speaking from the cup. And when you speak from the well, things begin to change in your life because when you're speaking from the cup, you run out after a little while. But when you're speaking from the well, you've got a, you've got a power inside of you that can't be stopped. It can't be stopped. So God gives us words of life filled with the Spirit, filled with power to save us from further sin and death. And if we're faithful to seek these words of life, he will bring to our remembrance and circumstances so that they can be opportunities to draw from these waters with joy and save from being uh, a more problematic life than what we have. Let me give you the last thing. Is this is how, this is just a simple way. How can I draw waters from a well? I don't know how to do that. It's really cool. I like your sermon. It's really good. I like the cup. I like the well illustration. But I don't really know how to do that. I don't really know how to access that. But here's how you do it. I'll give you a good example. This is one example. Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, in the Beatitudes, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be the sons of God. So, how many of you have been presented with an opportunity this week to either bring peace or bring conflict? And how many of y'all, like me, are really tempted to bring conflict? Because conflict is... There's something in my flesh that says, hmm. Right? I'm going to, because I'm right. And because they're wrong. And because they need to know that I'm right. And they need to know that they're wrong. Right? But the Bible doesn't say, blessed are the conflicted, that they will be the sons of God. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. But it's hard. It's easy to tell them, You just need to. You just need to bring. Peace. No, and then when it hits you, you're like, oh, oh, no, no, ain't no peace going on here. This is going down right now. See, if we choose to drink from these waters in this cup then what happens is that we're going to be taking vengeance out ourselves because we're looking for a solution out of a cup that we're holding when God has given us a well to draw from. And the well says, I've given you an everlasting peace that you can share with the world, and it's tempting to take it into your own hands, but I want you to draw from the well instead. Now, whose decision was that? That's my decision. How do I draw from the well, and how do I teach myself to draw from the well that I'm sitting on? I take every circumstance where I'm tempted to do one thing, and I say, hold on a second. Am I drawn from the cup or i am drawn from the well? If I'm drawn from the cup, I'm going to put it down, and I'm going to start drawing from this well. It may not be what I want to start with. It may not be what I like to do, but I'm going to do it because it says that I'm going to be called the Son of God, the sons of God. That's what it says. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Understand, listen to me this morning, that when we're drinking from the wells of salvation, By following Jesus' words, we're becoming children of God. What a joy to draw from such water. Now, is the world going to look down on you? Absolutely. But you know what? How old are you? Go ahead and say it, whatever age that is. It's too old to care. I don't care what age it is. It's too old to care. It's too old to give a flip, okay, about what anybody thinks. I'm drawing from the well. You see what happened? I could draw from an empty cup or I can draw from the well of salvation. And I'm saying to you and I, that if you're thirsty, there's a river that's available to you today. I'm talking to the Christians. There's a source of joy that the world cannot offer you. As a matter of fact, the source of joy that I have, the world can't even afford to buy. Do you understand that? The world cannot afford to buy the source of joy that I have. So what it does instead is it tries to steal because it can't afford to buy it. You hear me? on, somebody. It cannot afford to buy what you have inside of you, so every day the enemy is gonna try to do everything they can, and I see it going on right now in our culture with all the crazy stuff that's going on. Let me tell you something. You wanna get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you don't, don't. If you wanna wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't, don't. It don't matter. You know what I see? is I see the enemy, I see the enemy trying to separate the church through stupid stuff and the church, a large part, is falling for every bit of it. And I say this this morning, you know what, who cares? It's all about Jesus and it's about my conviction, it's about the well inside of me and I'm going to do as I'm convicted to do and I'm not going to chastise you for what you do or don't do. but we see it over and over. And I see it, and I get looked sometimes because I'm not a big mass wearer because I, 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 my glasses fog up. And that's my excuse. That's probably more of an excuse than anything else. But, but there are some people that are avid masks, and I'm not going to, you know, Fran needs a new one. Come on, that's a word from Jesus right there. After this service, we're gonna take it. We can get her a good one for at least ten bucks. I think all of us can gather together and come up with ten dollars to get her one, right? She. Bible says, "Touch not my anointing," so I don't want to touch you, right? So, yeah, so listen, I am satisfied with this well that I have, and it's a river of living water, not just for me, but for everybody around me, and I've got a joy flowing in and out of me that I can't even describe. And there's times that I get, to, I get situations where I feel like i got to worry, and I worry for a few seconds, and then all of a sudden that river of life overcomes my worry. Because the river of life, the well that springs up inside of me, springs up with so much life that anything that comes against that life, which would be death, it swallows up. Just like Jesus did in the grave, death was swallowed up in victory. And I've got that in me. And I just want to encourage you today that if, that if you're not living like that, put down your cups, walk away from those cups, and start drawing from the well today. And man, watch your life be radically changed. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's just amazing. God, we thank you today. Thank you so much for your work. God, thank you so much today for your message to us. I want the well, God. I don't want to carry the cup around any longer, God. I want the well. It's not about getting stuff. It's not about having stuff. It's not about anything. Actually, it's about that stuff not having us. It's about this world not having us. It's that that life inside of me that's an everlasting life, that's an eternal life living inside of me already. God, we have an eternal life living inside of us in a temporary world, and the world doesn't know what to do with it. And, God, there's times I don't know what to do with it. Help us, God, to grow in that life so that we can share that life with other people here in this world, this limited, this sinful, this dark world at times, God. Let us be that river of life that flows through people's lives, in and out, so that you can be glorified, so that you can be magnified, so that you can be lifted up, and so that your name can be known as the name above every single name. We thank you, God, today for that. In Jesus' mighty name. Thanks again for joining us for today's podcast. You can find out more about us at lhchampton.com. See you soon.